Hello and welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. I am the aforementioned Bedlam DM of this story-driven, semi-edited, real-play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Bedlam Social Hour does contain adult language and occasionally deals with mature situations. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue our story. We hope you enjoy. Last time on Bedlam Social Hour, the group of adventurers continued on into a prominently more desert biome. They quickly realized that the cart, drawn solely by Mr. Snogglebottoms, was proving more of a hindrance than anything as the poor horse tried to pull it through the cloying sands before them. They then summoned a giant goat which they deemed sufficiently powerful to pull the cart through the rough terrain. After a significant amount of time and effort, they managed to attach the oversized beast of burden to the wagon and continued on. Their journey brought them to a graveyard of various derelict clockwork constructs where they managed to salvage various parts in hopes of eventually trading them for something of value. Here they decided to camp for the night, and as they sat around the campfire, Brax decided to imbibe the potion of Detect Thoughts, his motivation being to provide some insight into Tylolar's perceived condition. However, the magic proved somewhat unfamiliar and mildly overwhelming, and the woodsman struggled to keep up with the overload of information. Before he could discover anything definitive, he was distracted by a name he overheard within Mirmolnir's thoughts, and he ended up spending the rest of the potion's duration on the conflicted Amethyst Dragonborn, aiding him with some guided meditation and simple calming companionship. The first two watches passed without incident, while a threat manifested in the third in the form of a dog-faced bipedal creature made of sand. The monster attacked the camp, awaking two nearby clockwork constructs to aid in the assault. The creatures were summarily defeated, with Mirmolnir taking the brunt of the damage dealt. And it is here we will resume our story with a handful of members polishing off their needed rest while Tylolor and Mirmolnir prepare once more for departure. I think we can go ahead and resume the story with anybody who has... Uh, needed to sleep to get the benefits of their full rest so they can consider themselves rested and uh, start to wake up. Breakfast's ready. Right, how you feeling, big fella? I'm fine. As I'm wincing in pain as I'm going about the morning as I do something with my shoulder that got tore into or I step with my calf, step on the leg that got tore up pretty good. How are you? hit point wise actually just for my own edification i'm a 13 on a scale of 1 to 29 oh jace um you don't you don't look too good that you want me to here let me help you at all cast cure wounds well you didn't do too well with that little spider how do you think you're gonna do against a giant bug bigger target to hit all right i'll hold it for you and you punch it we'll get it good (laughs) that works for me which direction do you think we should go today towards the mountains yeah, I'd say Tor- we go towards the mountain. <laughs> yep. Right? Is that the purple one? Is the storm still there? Blue one? Good question. Let's have everybody roll me either perception or survival, your choice. I'll do a survival because my perception is not great. 20. 13. 8. 18. 16. All right, everybody, with the exception of perhaps Valril. I'm looking the other way. You can tell that that thunderstorm is indeed still there, although it's not there so much as it is... Uh, 
quite a bit closer to you than it was the previous day. Hmm. Oh, I guess I can hear it right there, eh? Oh, um, I think I'm ready to cast that, that, that spell on you if you're ready for some healing now. <sighs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, here, go ahead. I'll just go ahead and cast it, and you get, oh, you get five points of healing. You just see my, uh, some of them start to stitch back together a little bit, and the missing horn atop my head is uh, scarred over. Man, you want you want some more? I can I can give you a little bit more. No, I'm fine. This is more than enough. All right. Well, if you change your mind, you let me know. All right. So we don't have a wagon anymore. Is that correct? It's there. The I guess what gone. I want to know is has like this is all blowing sand, right? Correct. So has sand like piled up over the evening and? It's not not too bad. It's it's sunk in there pretty pretty well. But it doesn't look like it's going to move very well. Not with the means that you have to move it right now. I mean, maybe if you hooked all three horses up to it, you might have some luck, but... Uh... And all, all the critters are gone? Yes. All right. I'm caught up now. I mean, we can always throw more out and see what we get. We'll probably get Thaddeus again. He, he won't do no good. We haven't seen Thaddeus in a minute, and he could probably do some scouting for us if we did get right. him. Let me see that bag. All right, here we, go. That. here we go. Five. Oh, we got right. the giant goat back. Alright. There's one. I should have uh, anticipated Anybody want to wanna try their hand at getting another giant goat? I'd pull this cart pretty easy. I think Grom wants to throw one. You want to throw one, Grom? I think I'll leave it to you, love. Sure. Alright, here you go. I'll reach in. It's an eight. Oh, uh, you got a brown bear. Huh? Now we'll pull. We'll carry that damn wagon. Put it on that brown bear's back. I rode the brown bear last time. He's a nice guy. I remember. All right, we got one more in here. Anybody else? Knuckles. You get to control what? it all day. You get to do anything you tell it to do. Sure. I'm going to reach into the bag. I'm just going to chuck it. Not knowing how far I have to throw it, I'm just going to kind of throw it as far as I can. Does this thing, like, grow in the air or does it, like, land in... It grows in the air. Oh, that could be fun. You ever throw a bear at someone? <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's a one. Oh, you got a rat. Cheddar Bob! I got a rat and a squirrel and a horse. Oh, he's my bestie. Well, that one, he ain't got help very much probably to pull this thing, but we can hook these other ones up and pull our car pretty good, huh? Maybe I could have him hold my gold. You you chuck that rat, but he lands, and then he assesses his surrounding. I'll rest to scoop him up. Okay. He's away the way. I'd have to hide under my arm when we get to that storm, little fella. Well, I guess that's a good thing that we're controlling these creatures. Otherwise, I don't think the goat and the bear would get along well. That's 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a bear that liked anybody. The bear so. lumbers up to the fire and lays down to the dwindling fire. There's there's still some warmth behind, but he lays down and proceeds to look as if he's going to take a nap. Well, I'm going to walk over and hook the goat up. Do we name that one? No. We don't want to name the goats there. Look how miserable this place is. We don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. <laughs> so am I to understand that we have a critter that everybody can ride? Essentially. Can that goat pull the cart by itself? Well, that bear can help, can it? Yeah. I was under the impression that the goat pulled the cart just fine by itself yesterday. Oh, we had two goats yesterday. Oh, he had the little goat attached. Okay, so. He was helping. I tipped my DM mind. <laughs> the little goat is just along for the ride. Okay. Yeah, I bet that I bet that giant goat would pull by itself. Luckily, we already have our harness all set up. Then uh, I suppose we can just use the bear as backup if we encounter another battle. Well, let's hook this goat up and let's go. 
I want to get through that storm as fast as possible. It doesn't seem natural. It smells funny. What smells funny? That storm smells funny. Oh. I'm gonna go hook up this goat. I'll go help. And here we go. I don't know what I'm rolling for, but I got high. I got medium high. Okay. <laughs> Extra medium. Uh, what are we doing here? Animal handling? Or what do you want for this? Let's just do what we did before. I need an intelligence, a sleight of hand, and an animal handling. I'll do the animal handling. Okay. I've got an 18 for the intelligence. You have sleight of hand. It is 11. We got 21 for animal handling. All right. Given that it's a summoned animal and has received instructions, uh, you have no problem handling that animal, keeping him calm. 21. <laughs> Grom, you uh, you look at what was cobbled together before, and you realize, I'm really surprised and we made it as far as we did, and then are able to instruct Valryl to kind of reconfigure the mechanism. Hey, there you go. <laughs> That'll work better. And with an 11, and with his instruction, that's really not a problem. Excellent. Uh, I was curious as my player if I would be aware that like skis exist and that skis would be better on sand than cartwheels. Let's have a survival roll. I'm going to say with disadvantage because you are have mostly been forest bound. 17 plus 6, 23. You can put two and two together on that count. It's uh, potentially something that would move on the surface of the sand you feel would move easier than something that has to get bogged down and pull itself back out, so to speak. I pretty much always expect Brax to have some crazy idea anyway. I feel like it's just fitting. Hey, but you remember when we were up in those hills and uh, back where it was all snowy, they had those skis that they, they just went straight down the hills. Those those people, they had those, they just right down the hill, didn't have to nothing pull it. Do you think that would work out here? I wouldn't see why it wouldn't work. I mean... It worked for them, right? Yeah, I'm thinking they sand and what? snow. They're skis. It's basically just a piece of flat wood, but we got these automatons that are all broken up here. Is there a big chunk of metal we could pull off and just... We just tied it to the to the wheels who just, just glide right across the sand. Hmm. Interesting idea. You think we could try that out? Well, let's have Knuckles see if we can pull some of those bigger pieces off. Yeah, we're looking for just a flat, straight one. I'm assuming an investigation to see what I can find. You assume correctly. Tyler, how confident are you feeling about this whole wagon endeavor? Are you putting the stuff that you had taken out of the wagon in order to carry? Are you putting it back in the wagon? I'm waiting until I see whether or not we actually get it moving. Okay. Uh, Dirty 20. Uh, Yep, you are able to find some pieces that uh, would potentially uh, function as Brax is asking. All right, I'm going to see if I can get them ripped off. Okay, are you just going to brute force them off? Careful brute force. (laughs) (laughs) With strength as not to break. Alright, roll athletics. Cool. 24. We're killing this card idea. I mean, just killing it. Alright, with the 24, I'll say you managed to get two pieces that uh, coincide with what Brax is requesting. Brax, here. While they're working on this, I'm going to be doing some carving. Oh heck yeah, those are those are perfect. We can we can definitely use those, and I'm gonna but hey, let's just go over here and put them on this. So I'm just thinking we can just tie them to the wheels. Do you want to position it under the wheel while I lift up on the cart? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, athletics sleight of hand. I'm gonna walk over and help him pick the other side up. Uh, Twenty-one. Sixteen. Eleven. All right, no problem. You get both skis 
One, it's long enough that both wheels on one side, on the left side, set on it, but the other one is not quite long enough. So right now you have the two left wheels sitting on one ski, and one of the wheels on the right side is sitting on the other ski. I think this looks pretty good. What, try it out? Yeah, we try it out. I think it looks pretty decent as well. Tell, tell the goat just do a circle here. How are you affixing the skis to the wheels? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to tie them with a rope is what my plan was. <laughs> That's what my Yeah. So I imagine they'll it'll break after a while. But I didn't imagine they were like two just straight rails. I imagine they had like mounting points on them you could tie to as well. And... Let's find out. Y'all are more than welcome to look up my, my handiwork here. I've done so well with ropes before. Uh, Grom's busy. Whittling on his this thigh bone. The long one, that was a perfect piece. You found that you can affix that. There's some, like you said, some points where you don't have to run the rope under the ski. Um, it just happened so that the, the points that it broke off, there's enough little hooks and whatnot that you can uh, go ahead and fix that. Uh, the other one, however, on the right side, you will have to run the rope between it and the sand. Let's just put them all on one side and ride in circles. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do. We only turn right. Tyler, what are you doing as all this is going on? I am watching. Um, If things look successful, I will load the cart back up. (laughs) All right, roll. Perception? Yeah, do that. That's a five. Yeah. Looks great. Luke, you guys are doing a great job. This is working. It looks awesome. Perfect. And I start loading the cart back up. Here, I'll help you. Yeah, let's get this going. Get this will up. get us where we're going faster anyway. So we all ready to, to head out? Hey, as I start to finish and put my stuff away, I, I run my carving knife across my side of my arm, and I say, blood of my blood. As I rub the bone into the blood and rub it into all of the runes that I've been carving on this thing, then I'll put that away in my pouch as I stand up. Go load up. How are we riding on this thing? Time to wake up, Bear. Begrudgingly stands up how did it come how's it look i think i think it looks great as i'm and i'll be going over towards chip and these things are just supposed to just slide along eh yeah it just yeah just slides right across the sand sounds like an awesome idea i'll ride in the back i, I think we should uh, see if it'll move first before you get in the back give it a little little nudge but if it can't ride with me anything what use is it i guess you're right <laughs> i'm climbing in <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubbing this giant goat's head. All right. Goat is strong. All right, goat. See those uh those mountains over there? We're head that way, all right? It just stares at you placidly. Then I smack it on its ass. Giddy up, goat. <laughs> and it starts plodding away. And with a lurch, the cart pulls forth. And since the left side, both wheels are on one piece... It's working pretty well. The right side, since uh, the one wheel is kind of free to move, it's almost like that ski, it starts, and there's less friction on that axle than there is on the ground. So it starts to pick up and then, and then slides a little bit, and then occasionally it'll pick up and and slide a little (laughs) bit more. And the back right wheel is definitely bogged down a little bit. It's moving. Grom, you can feel that it's not moving smoothly. Well, that's not the most comfortable ride. Well, I mean, that one side looks great. It's not my fault that I don't have the right equipment here. Hey, it's moving. I'm just going to ride the bear. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to go over Chip and kind of be kind of looking over at that bear, wishing I could be riding it right now. Hope, Chip, don't, I hope, hope Chip don't notice. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe I'll ride up front. If you're riding on the bear. I'll ride up there with you, Knuckles. <sighs> uh, I was actually going to ride with, uh, or not ride, walk with Mr. Snugglebottoms. Hi. Hi, right, I'll ride on the cart. Uh, nobody has the thought to attach any steering devices to the giant goat, so you're just up there. That sounds about right. <laughs> I'm not sure I was doing anything before. That damned horse certainly wouldn't listen to me. We'll just rely on uh, Valriel's guidance of the goat. <laughs> this is going to be a fun day. How long does it look like till we're going to hit this storm? Roll survival. 16. 20. Hey, it looks like we'll probably hit that about midday. Yeah. Well, doesn't look like there's a way around it, though. Doesn't seem very natural to me. I'm not really sure what to expect when we get there. What have we been through that is natural? Oh, fair point, love. Well, I suppose let's get on with it. Sounds good. Do you really think Medlock's up in that mess? I hope so. It'd be a perfect spot for him to hide. Cover his tracks. We'll sniff him out. All right, would somebody roll me a d20, please? Seven. I don't want any part of that. All right, Bojack, we're leaving. As you travel, the sun keeps climbing higher into the sky. The storm is not positioned such that it is blocking the sun, so it's almost kind of a dichotomous feeling. It's not raining on you, but that storm is looming. But eventually the dunes and blowing sands give way to flatter land, and you all can't help but squint against the sun as you continue, and you eventually realize that the land stretching before you is predominantly glass, replete with a myriad of fractures, although none large enough to completely break apart the glass. And at that, the momentum of the cart shifts. Uh, it is enough of a shift that uh, it's worth noting. And, you know, it's not slippery, but the horses are definitely... <laughs> oh, I don't like this. So I'm on, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm on glass right now? Mm-hmm. A sheet of glass. Like, this would be flat? Yes. Like nuclear bomb in the desert kind of glass? Kind of, yeah. But there are fractures enough. But, like I said, there's none large enough to splinter and... So, yeah, I would stop. What, what is this? What? What is this? Do we... I don't suppose I would know how glass is made. Roll intelligence. I don't know, do you have glass blowers in your tribe? Not that I can think of. So this would only be if I've come across it since I've been down. 18. I've seen how this is made. They heat up sand. They make it super hot. I've seen them do that in that. So this is just overheated sand? Hey. But look how big it is. What? I mean, what could heat it up that like that? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that is true. It could be magic. It's, you know, it's probably one of those dragons. Very well could be. This just spreads for as far as we can see forward now? For now, yeah. You know, I've heard I've heard people talk about magics that would make glass in a burst. That was fire or something. But this is so vast. I can't imagine that being the thing. Well, regardless, we have to cross it. Or else find a different way to come at it. But that, I feel, if it exists, probably put us many days out of our way. We've already went this far. I think we just keep pressing. Just try to keep going straight forward. We'll just, start, we'll just keep going straight forward. All right. What do you think, Miramonir? Should we keep going? Yeah, we might as well. Now, what did that lady say? She said this this bug was all triangles. <laughs> you suppose it'd be glass shards, like that sand beast. You know, it was... I kind of... Was that a real... I thought it was a dream almost. Like, it, it you really got real. beat up by a little spider? As I'm actively looking yeah. at the still semi-fresh cuts across my body. Man, you wake up hurt sometimes. I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. I did fall off my bunk one time and break a tooth. 
I don't. I mean, it could be uh, some little glass bug. Well, keep your eyes out. I guess I don't even know how we would do that. It all looks the same. I guess we just wait till it friggin' shows up. Well, if it shows up while we're in the middle of that storm, I'll be in no heap of trouble. As we look forward in the direction that we're going, can we still see, like, the mountain that we were heading towards? It's a little hazy at this point, but you're confident that you are still continuing in that direction. Okay. That storm in front of you, it's caused that haze. Uh, You're not sure if it's a thunderstorm that is kicking up a sandstorm or whatever is obscuring your view. Not entirely sure, but there's a haze. It could just be rain. As I look out into the wasteland here, staring at that storm, muse out loud. I should have asked if those things travel in packs or if they're solo. Yeah, I guess that that would have been nice to know. I did say it was fairly small, just the size of a large moose. Yeah, but she's got to be joking, though. There's just no way. I've never seen a bug that big. I've never heard of a bug made of triangles, either. Well, yeah, but you ever seen... I mean... So you've heard of everything that exists in the world? You could try me. I've never heard of a monster made of sand. I've never seen a desert made of glass. Well, yeah... Proving me wrong left and right here, I guess. <laughs> what a glorious thing to die to. Okay. Let's go find a beastie. So, how is our cart moving on this glass now? Is it moving on this glass now? I think it's doing just fine. I got used to the bumps a while ago. As every, every time it bumps, the glass shatters a little bit where it lands. It's just our path home. <laughs> we just hear crack. You feel like it was moving a little bit easier on the sand, but it's moving. That goes to a big boy. Y'all okay. want to take it off and put just try the wheels out? I think I think we just keep going until we have problems, and then we, we can assess the situation. I like that. Yeah, yeah. let's just keep let's going. Let's go. Come on, Bear. All right, let's head into the heart of the storm. Are we leaving tracks? Is the wagon leaving tracks? Uh, not so much in the glass anymore. My question is, um, is the sun still above us like it was in the regular desert? Because if so, is the glass hotter than the sand? You don't really feel a noticeable temperature shift. I'm just worried about my bear's paws, okay? So I'm assuming there's no vegetation here, no wildlife. You assume correctly. This is nightmare fuel. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be riding up on the wagon and I'm I'm leaving my axe out on my lap. And you can't be surprised, I understand. (laughs) And I can't be surprised. I'm going to keep sniffing the air, trying to... Just sense anything out. All of my nerves are on edge. This is this is bad juju. Roll perception. Smell perception, not sight perception. Sixteen. I got a keen sniffer. Yeah, it's uh it's not right. You feel your paranoia is justified. Well, my neck's on the swivel. Continuing on? Who wants to roll me another D twenty? Not I said the cat. Not me. We got it. Oh no. Six. That's why I didn't want the responsibility. This party wipe is on you, my love. You continue on. I have full confidence. Earthquake. Funny you should say that. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Better keep my damned mouth shut. You travel on. This glass seems pretty stalwart. But then, all of a sudden, you feel the ground shift under your feet. The ground drops away suddenly in several places. Brax and Valeril, you feel your horses lurch as the ground beneath moves suddenly. Grom, you feel the cart lurch and start to tilt dangerously to the side. Run, goat! Run! I need an animal handling from anybody who is handling animals. Fifteen. Nine. Twenty-three. Nine. Yes, the cart lurches 
dangerously to the side, to the point where you feel the need to abandon ship. I jump clear. Roll me either athletics or acrobatics. 24. You land. Nimbly. Oh, nimbly bimbly. Clear of things. Those of you that rolled the 9 on animal handling, unfortunately, Snugglebottoms is spooked. And between the storm and the glass and all of a sudden shift in the ground, he takes off. Valril. Bojack stumbles and falls. I need a acrobatics to see how this fares for you. 15. You land with no problem. You kind of jump clear a little bit as he goes down. The aftermath, though, I'm going to roll one more die here. Don't you hurt my Bojack. Oh, no. Bojack, no! I already lost one horse. Bojack goes down, and with the violent shift in the splinter, there are shards of glass sticking up into the air now. There are definitely (gasps) bladed edges that are a danger now. And unfortunately, Bojack has caught himself on one, and he has a significantly debilitating gash on one of his legs. And he is doing the horse thing, trying to stand up, trying to pretend everything's okay. And so he's panicking. How far are we into the shards? Is there able... Can I grab them and pull them back? Imagine glass and just a quick earthquake of just the ground splinters and shifts. And to paint a picture, after the sudden shift, Tyler, you and the bear, Bartholomew, were on the outskirts of the shift and you were able to steer him away and he was able to uh, avoid any threat otherwise chip did a little horse dance and you were able to steer him through oh the ground is shifting oh don't fall nope nope hop over here i'm like oh whoa there's a big piece of glass coming up nope move forward uh so after everything's settled you are still atop chip and everything's fine however now the cart has fallen into a crevasse and is essentially laying on its side mr snogglebottoms is fleeing, and Chip is panicking, having impaled himself on a significantly sized piece of glass. So I'm going to grab, or try to get Bojack up and pull him away from the shard of glass to stand up and then take him to a more even ground to settle him down. I would like to assist if I can. I'll dash off after Mr. Snogglebottom. Yeah, my mindset is he's better away from here for now, and if later on we can find him, but... I'll dash off after him. If I see them helping... Bojack, I'll, and if, if I saw snuggle bottles, I'll go after him as well. Uh, we'll deal with this first. You see that he's actually hurting himself more the more he thrashes on his side. So let's have another animal handling to see if you can get him calmed down and extricated from more damage. 16. So with a 16, you're able to, you're, you're bond with your animal, you're able to calm it down. And with your near coming over and helping, you can kind of see what needs to happen here. Uh, nope, let's, I'm going to, I'm gonna, actually, let me have an athletics from you. 26. You pretty much pick up the back end of that horse. Uh, you see how that glass is impaled into his flank, and you just run up to it, and Valryl having calmed it down so it's not thrashing and kicking with that high of an athletics roll, you basically just lift his hindquarters up straight up off the glass and set it down safely, and he is able to regain his feet, and you can go ahead and lead him out, but he is limping hard, almost falling, and I think a little piggyback off of that high athletics roll. If you see what needs to be done, you can help that horse walk its way out of there without falling again. Do I cut myself on the glass because I am very close to being barefooted? Let's have a dexterity saving throw. 22. You have navigated well through this scenario, and you're able to move out of the fractured glass and away from that immediate danger. Grom, what is your movement speed? 40. Grom, you feel you could maybe beat Mr. Snugglebottoms in a quick sprint, but with the uh, 
prolonged running, you you see that that horse is faster than you. I'm not going to lose Narma's horse. I'll track it if I need as best I can on this glass. After a few seconds, Brax and Chip pass you. Chip is still spooked a little bit, so let's have animal handling, and we're going to see if you can catch up to Mr. Snogglebottoms, or rather how long it takes. At 20. You catch up pretty quickly. Mr. Snogglebottoms is spooked, and he's running this way, and he sees something that he thinks is movement, and so he runs that way. So he's kind of zigzagging around, but uh, you can be line up to him. So how would you like to proceed once you are within... Do I have um, any kind of rope on me that I'm, like... You tell me. I can't, all right. I imagine I've got just uh, Chip's harness. Like, can I... I would like to take that off if I can. So, you know... So as we're coming up, I'm trying to get this rope taken He's off so I can... He's on Chip trying to lean over his neck, trying to unhook it. His heart... His... Like the bridle reins or whatever. Yeah, whatever that is. Okay. So that I can make some kind of lasso or, or some kind of rope to... Okay. Let's have a... A dexterity save and a sleight of hand, please. Grom, you're actually keeping a decent pace, um, given the fact that Snugglebottoms is weaving. I'll get you your damned horse. 11 and 12. You managed to get the reins disconnected. You managed to not fall off in the process. Okay. Uh, let's have one more animal handling, now that you have no means to steer, Chip. 23. You guys have known each other for a while, and you're able to kind of steer him with your legs. You close distance. Whoa, Mr. Snuggleball, Snuggleball, whoa there. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'll try to, if I can't, if he slows down at all, I'll try to get some kind of lasso onto him. Let's have another dex-based something or other. I keep going back to sleight of hand. Sleight of hand, so 14. I think that's sufficient. You kind of weave it around. Uh, Snugglebottoms is not really having that in his panic state, though, so let's have an animal handling just to see if he's listening. You do, in this encounter, slow him down quite a bit, so potentially Grom could catch up. Uh, we'll see here in a second. 19. Your soothing words, and you've had a conversation with him, so he knows who you are. Managed to slow him down, and he's still fighting you a little bit, but he's not running anymore. Chip's probably talking to him, too. What do you want to do once... Yeah, if I can just get him to slow down, I'll, I'll probably... I'm just going to hop off then and get him to stop, yeah. yeah. Alright, I will say that in that amount of time, you kind of got him in, or, you know, whoa, 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 you know, calm down, calm down. Uh, you can close distance and if you want to. Hey, well, as I, I slow down to a jog in front of you, I'll put my axe away since it had it in my hand this whole time. Ah, thank you, Brax. I don't know if I could have bared losing this stupid horse. Well, yeah, I didn't want him to hurt himself. I'm surprised he got this far. Never seen you run like that horse. I'll go put my hand on his neck. Roll animal handling. Calm him down. Never mind that. For What do you know? He doesn't like a barbarian sprinting up to him. He rears up. He's still spooked, and he kicks you for two bludgeoning damage. You damned horse! Well, what do you What do you expect? You're coming up here all hot and heavy like that. Animals, can they feel what you're feeling. If you come all scared and heavy like that, he's going to be scared too. As you say that, you see me hands working back from my axe. <laughs> see, don't be <laughs> slowly, doing that. Slowly bring it back. All right, damn it. Come back here all nice and calm and just, just try nice and calm again. You saw he started it, right? I don't know. I came I after you, horse. All right. Well, I'll try to calm down. As Brax and Grom are calming the horses down, back to Bojack's situation. He's hurt pretty bad, and he's bleeding. I'm going to take a look and I guess use my medicine skill to see if I can use any piece of cloth or anything to bandage him up. You don't readily have too many supplies immediately available. Twelve. You don't immediately see a quick way to stem the bleeding, but you can recognize that if this doesn't get addressed soon, that you're going to be down one horse. So I'm going to, so I'm looking at his leg, I'm going to, you know, apply pressure to it and try to hold it 
until the group gets back. I'm imagining, you know, a 12 to 18 inch gash and it's deep. And so you can try to get that meat pushed back together and whatnot, but it's... Uh, and how far is Tylor away? She's close to us? Yeah, I'm kind of like right there with you guys with the cart. Initially not seeing an opportunity that would have been for me to be beneficial, I've been staying back. So I'm going to say you're probably about 30 feet away from them. I'm going to say 30 feet from you, 15 feet from the cart. I'm going to look at her and think. Grab some rags from the cart. Stay here, bear. Jump and see if I can safely get to the cart. And if I can, then I'm going to rummage and find whatever bat I can use for rags. Bandages. Uh, let's have a dex saving throw and an investigation. 16 on deck. The pieces of glass that are jagged are, are pretty big. Five on investigation. You are going through the cart. You're thinking bandages, bandages, bandages. Do we have any first aid kits? No, we do. So you're not really finding too much. Not a lot of cloth in your supplies. I've got these merchants' clothes in my pack. Just have some random merchants' clothes. In I've your had backpack. these since the beginning. Okay. True. I know where you got them. I'll pull those out of my sack and I'll run over and tell them, here, we can shred these. I'm going to grab them and I'm going to start tearing them. Stuff in the wound? Yeah, I'm going to tear them into strips, use some of them to pack the wound and wrap it. One more medicine check. 15. You feel, at least stem the bleeding. You've prolonged the inevitable for a little while yet. That should hold at least until we can find a more permanent solution. Well, and he's not standing well. Anytime he tries to put weight on it, he wants to tip over. Well, I probably set him down. Bojack, I need you, to, need you to sit and just kind of keep rubbing his head, just holding him there. So right now he's probably about the equivalent of a lamed horse, unfortunately. Yes, you got him to lay down, and he's breathing heavy, big panicked eyes, but he's trusting you. It'll be okay, Bojack. We'll wait till Brax gets back. And so we'll say you guys get snuggle bottoms calmed down and whatnot, and can start coming back to the rest of the group. Yeah, uh, no hurry. Uh, really, just trying to make a, a safe path back, yeah. Um, until I imagine, I don't know if they, would I start through the storm, would I hear the horse? Yeah, it's not on you yet. Let's have a perception to see if you're aware of the situation. Valryl and Mirmilnir, you, you can see that time is of the essence. Mirmilnir has, like I said, slowed the inevitable, but he's starting to lose panic and starting to lose energy. 23. You know, once you can calm out, you look back. It's a ways away, but you can tell. You see a horse laying on the ground with your big gold dragonborn friend at its head and your big amethyst dragonborn friend at its flank. You know something is wrong, and it's very wrong. Hey, ground, can you... Can you I got the horse. You, you go help him. All right, thanks. I'll start, yeah, I'll start running up. And then, uh... Oh, what, what happened? What happened? Bojack fell and he got cut real bad on his leg. Do you Jeez. have any of that uh, cure wound? Yeah, I, I, not coming. I'll, I'll, I'll go down on him and start rubbing him and yeah, cast cure wounds. Uh, so cure wounds, ten. Ten hit points. Yeah, here you go, buddy. You're all right. You're all right. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. Mirror, you see that wound just kind of start to mend on its own. Pushes some of the packing out of it. Yep, so the bleeding is stemmed. Uh, the horse is still down, but uh, his life is not in imminent danger. I feel some kind of horse joke and make the horse laugh, and that makes him feel better. <laughs> Insert horse joke here. Why the long face? Nay. <laughs> Actually, Peyton, you bring up a good point. 
What did you do? <laughs> Why do you roll me a sanity check? Sanity saving throw. I've never had to use sanity before. Oh, I've got a plus zero. A nine. Noted. Yeah, you start to feel like uh, seen some stuff in the last few days. Seeing the blood from the horse is bringing back some memories. Yeah, it's a it's a bloody mess. What you got going on there? That said, I did uh, do a little horse research, and your healing hit hard. He came back quite a bit, but he stands up after the healing, and he's not falling when he puts weight on that leg, but he's got a pretty good limp. It's not 100% healed, but uh, it's not completely immobilizing either. Dang, I, I don't think I would ride him if I were you. Uh, how long do you think it's going to be through all this glass? That's a good question. I didn't plan on riding him. I was going to just hold his reins and walk with him. There's no real place to leave him out here, so. But you think we're, like, I don't you think we can continue through here? I mean, it just seems so, so crazy. I mean, I, I, this is just crazy. No sense in trying to turn back. We've come this far. How far, how far away from the mountain right now? I mean, do we know? I've kind of got a thousand yard stare right now. Like, I'm... You got, a, you got a ways to go before we start dealing with the real sanity stuff, but, uh... It'll just hit me here and there. I'll kind of just stare off into the distance. I stroll into the camp with the horse. Or stroll into everybody with a horse. Like your damnable horse ran away. As soon as I hear Grom yelling about the horse, I'm going to kind of shake out of it a little bit, and I'll walk over to the horse and kind of pet him and look at him and think psionically. I'm glad you're safe. I'm just kind of taking in all the blood everywhere, the slick glass. What the hell happened here? Well, Bojack fell down, got a pretty nasty gash on his leg. Thank God for Brax here, uh, helping him out. Boy, with all this blood on the ground, I expected to see the leg laying there. It was getting pretty hairy for a second. We thought we were going to lose him. Hey, let's get out of this nightmare land. <laughs> Shall we push forward? Looks like our cart is uh, stuck. It's not stuck. Knuckles, go stand it up. So the cart is tilted off. The ground beneath the right side fell away, and as it fell, the difference in height was enough that it's pretty much on its side right now. And everybody grab a spot. We'll lift it up. Tell that bear to get it on it. I think it might be uh, better to just let it go now. Don't we have a bag that lets us basically hold anything? Well, we do have a bag that lets us hold everything, but... We don't have a spot where I can sit and not have to ride one of these beasts that fall over and get their legs cut off. <laughs> well, you're certainly not riding me, so... <laughs> well, maybe we should all walk. I think we at least get the cart out of there and get it on even ground, and then we can decide what to do after that. All right, so we load everything we got into these into this bag. Yeah, I've got it right here. I'm going to harvest all the rope and harness off of this thing. How is the giant goat doing? He seems pretty chill. Forced laying on the side. It didn't twist him over, but you can tell it's pulling on him. He's listing to the side pretty significantly. He's not happy, but he's not angry. You cut him free. I'll cut him free. He seems pretty pleased about that. Stands up and kind of shakes. All right, I suppose we press on. Make haste to get through this storm. 
Does it look like someone has traveled through here before and left tracks? No, it's glass. Is all the broken up and shattered glass kind of contained to an area around us, or is it spread across the entirety of the glass for what we can see? It was a spot. It was, I'm going to say it's probably about a 20 to 30 foot diameter. I'm going to kind of lean over and look into the hole that the cart has fallen into to see if I can determine what's underneath the glass. Roll investigation. Nine. You can kind of dig in if you want, but there's not really a, a clear path to kind of see what was beneath the fracture. If you wanted to dig in, uh, there might be a potential hazard of hurting yourself. Okay. Let's uh, be a little more careful here, guys. I mean, how, how are we going to be careful on glass? I mean, just... what? Well, again, I suggest that we abandon the cart. Probably for the best. Head forth on foot, I... I mean, uh... Pull my axe up off my back sheath, and I suppose I'll start making my way out. We've already loaded everything from the wagon, right? Yep, everything we can into the haversack, I believe. I'm going to say that uh, your traveling supplies are able to fit, no problem. However, the bits and pieces that you harvested from all of the clockwork constructs and whatnot, you probably aren't going to be able to take all of what you've thrown in the wagon. We'll need to be a little bit more choosy here, fellas. Also... You notice that when you go to right the wagon or potentially unload the wagon, that the right side, both wheels have broken. I think it'll still work if we just push it. Put those skis on the front, hey? You get a dirty look from the giant goat. Well, I'm going to grab those two uh, spiders and put those in my pack. We could probably load some on the back of Mr. Snugglebottoms, have him pack some stuff. Bear could probably carry some. We better not suit up Bear with stuff. Otherwise, when Bear is gone, we're stuck without it. We better only pack what Snuggle Bottoms and the other horses can take. And Bojack's not taking anything. Yeah, I'll walk up with Chip. He's all Chip's all loaded up right now, so I think we're good to go. Can we load those parts we harvested on, on Snuggle Bottoms? Yeah, we should probably make sure we're kind of careful, though. Some of those look kind of sharp. And whatever weighs him down so he doesn't run off like a damned fool again. I'm not chasing you next time, horse. Give me my bedroll. I'll wrap the sharpest bits up in that. Do I'll take so. whatever parts I can fit in my bag, too. And I took the two clockwork spiders as well. All right. Well, once that stuff is all situated, I'm ready to start walking if you are. Let's go. Into the storm. So I'll be walking just next to Chip, too, yeah. Just, yeah, not riding. And then uh, trying to keep oh, an eye out for any... Any kind of fractures that are up ahead that we might be able to go around. Well, I feel it happening. I can't be surprised. All right, moving on. Okay, it's a little bit slower going because Bojack is actually not 100% full speed. He's limping. He's willing to work for you, but he's hurt. So if you guys are willing to maintain that pace, you can continue on. At this point, as you continue, the glass slowly starts to give way sparsely to sand. Oh, good. You start to see dunes forming again. You still encounter the occasional patch of glass, but for the most part, it's uh, transitioning back to desert standard. That said, the thunderstorm is almost on you as you travel into probably mid-afternoon. The intensity of it is palpable. The thunder is almost constant, and the lightning is dangerously unrelenting. May I have a survival roll from each of you? 21. 5. 17. 
17. 21. All right. Everybody except Tyler. Those of you that have hair can feel it stand on end as the electrical storm surrounds you. The lightning is prevalent and the goosebumps rising on your skin serve as evidence that you instinctively understand the threatening nature of the situation. The wind has picked up. The thunder has intensified. A rain has started. All of a sudden I'm very excited that I don't have metal armor on. Would we know that it's best to spread out during a lightning storm? Roll the survival on that. I would not. Nope. I'll walk right next to you, love. Even though you got metal armor. Uh, DC's 10 on this. So. 8, 3 plus, whatever. Nope. Well, I do have a cloak of protection that offers resistance to lightning. For you. And a necklace. <laughs> Like Everyone the same. under the cloak. Can we see any shelter? Anything? Uh, roll a perception. 20. Anybody else worried about shelter or just Velroom? I am very concerned about shelter. I'm just trying to make my way through the storm. Yeah, I'd be looking for shelter as well. 19. A little storm never hurt anybody. 9. Brax, you don't get this. These other two. As the storm intensifies, your increasingly frantic search for shelter reveals a small conglomeration of hoodoos, tall, relatively thin rock spires grouped together. Mirror, do you see do you see those uh, rock spires over there? Yeah, I do. Do you, you think, you think we, we should hold up over there? Yeah, I think we could possibly find a little bit of shelter over there. Hey, Brax, Brax, what's that? Do you want to you want to shelter up? We we see some uh, shelter up ahead. Well, yeah, we can definitely head there, but it's only like noon, right? We're just going to try to push on through, aren't we? Uh, I just don't want to push it too hard with Bojack hurt. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Maybe, yeah, let's uh, let's go see what we can find up here. At that point, the lightning hits the ground a mere 20 feet from you. I have been struck by lightning once, and I am not looking forward to it again. I'm going to be that guy that got struck by lightning like seven times in his life. I mean... The storm's been going on the whole time we've come down this path. At this rate, are we even sure it's going to stop? Well, maybe not. But I suppose if Medlock had his place in a wild spot like this, he'd probably be tucked in some place where he could be safe. He's probably on the other side. Well, might as well walk by on our way then. If we see anything looks like we could crawl into, we'll sniff it out. we still got a bug to find. What's it look like where the gla- where it strikes? The glass? Yep. It's not as deep and as thick as what you've just uh, traversed, but you get the effects from that high-intensity blast of energy. Yeah, let's. I say we go towards those those spire things. We can hang out there for a little bit. The storm doesn't pass. We can move on, but give some time to either a the storm passes or rest Bojack for a little bit longer. It'd be nice to be around something taller than myself in this storm. <laughs> I feel pretty confident walking next to you. I'm only 5'8". What are you, 6'15"? As you draw closer, you see that these rock formations have initially obscured a man-made doorway partially buried in the sand, leading into the unknown. Looking in, you see a passage leading downward. Well, look at that. Is it just like a normal doorway size? Yep. Mm. I'll open it up. Well, you gotta knock first. Don't just open it up. Nah, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Just open that bad boy up. <laughs> and I figure we're hunting for Medlack. Maybe we shouldn't knock. But... Suit yourself. Oh, you think this is his place? Who else would live out here? That's a good question. I, I can't imagine anybody that's going to welcome guests is going to live out in the middle of a desert under a damned cursed storm. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'll tell you what. You open the door and I'll, I'll, stand, I'll stand back here. All right. I got my axe in one hand. I've got your back. Try the door. See if it opens. It indeed does open. 
It's a push. I'll push it open. You see a corridor with a set of stairs leading downwards. Is it lit? No. Well, that's about as far as I've got if we don't have any light. I'll feel it out. I'm going to start uh, traversing into the dark corridor with my blind no eyes. Uh, I do still have dark vision. How west? Eight hours. I also have dark vision. It's expired. It's expired. Is this single wide, or can we march side by side? Here? It's about seven feet, so it's uh, if you were to go side to side, it'd be tight. Depending on which one of us chose to go side by side. I'm going to expend two more key points to give myself dark vision once more. I'm just going to feel my way down with no vision. That's okay, love. I can see. Just follow me. I'm going to be sniffing the air. Roll perception. I'm specifically wanting to sniff for the decay that followed Jesse. Okay. Nine. Well, the storm has you smelling the freshness of rain and ozone, yes. But as you open that door, you kind of get a whiff of that underground, that cave smell. Damn. I have dark vision. I'm taking lead, and I'm going to grab Grom's hand because I'm a half-elf. I have dark vision, too, but that's because I'm blind. It's a different kind of dark vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, bring up the back. I probably won't even be out yet. I'll just be by the door, though, until... Leaving the animals what, behind? Yeah, I get to the, well, I'm, I'm standing by the door with the animals until... I see what's down there. That does beg the question. What are you doing with the horses? I'm just gonna, does Chip fit through here? Not really. And you know that horses don't necessarily do well with stairs. Either. Right. Well, wait, the stairs go down, so if we can get them down the stairs, the hard part's over. When I'm already in the hall. That sounds like somebody else's problem. <laughs> I think I'm gonna... Oh, man. Brax, what is your plan? What are you gonna do? You here. go down there? Oh. Well, I mean, we just can't leave our, our, you know, we just can't leave them here without it, like, yeah. without, but what, am I, what are we supposed to do? I suppose we could try to send the horses back. I talk to them and just tell them to go back to the woods. I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that with Bojack right now. They just tell them to take it and take their time. I could, you know, I could give Bojack one more healing, but I wouldn't be, geez, that was close. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too much help, though, uh, if somebody else got hurt. No, if I, I if I did that. I could uh, leave my bear behind with the direction to defend the other animals if anything were to occur. Just tie him up. You could tie him up on the spear. I can't just leave. I just can't tie him up out here. What, what What's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I'm in the hall. Also, in order to retrieve them, we would have to come back through this when all said and done. All right, so Tyler, you've stopped to have this conversation? Yeah. All right, well, I'm proceeding on my own. Okay. You're just passing in front of me. Well, if you stopped, yeah, I'm going. I'm checking this place out. Just in the dark? Well, I'm going slow. I can't see anything, but yeah. (laughs) Darling, wait. I'm just taking a quick peek. Both my eyes are closed. Feeling it out. I I think I should send them back. All right, let's send them back. That's probably the best. I'll send the bear with so that he can defend them. So I'll cast speak with animals. You're welcome. Does the rat need a voice now? Where is the rat? He's with me. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Can't the rat see in the dark? Send him. I can't talk to him. He's not my rat. I just like him. Go ahead. Hey, uh, hey, Chip. Uh, yeah. Hey, what, what do you think about it out here? Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty nasty out here. It's, yeah, it's not very fun, is it? No. No. How, how would you feel about, um, leading these, these guys, these other fellas here back to town? You think you, could, you think you know how to get there? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You think you could lead them, lead them there for me? I mean, 
Storm's pretty bad. I, well, that's my problem. Is I don't I don't want to leave you here. If we're gonna try to go inside here, but we might. Oh, be. you're going in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go back to town. You will. Yeah. You'll take all these other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you all okay with that? If you you all go with them. What? Where are we going? You're gonna go back town. But it's raining. Well, yeah, and it won't be rain. Remember where they they had that shelter? You were just last night. Where were they? Or two nights ago? And they fixed my leg. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I bet, I bet they will. I bet they'll help you out. Uh, Chip will go with me. Yeah, Chip was gonna lead you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I could do that. Okay, good. Where are we going? <laughs> you gotta go back town. I'm not quite sure I can leave Miramonir. Well, I think hey, hey Miramonir, you okay if if uh your horse goes back to town? I forgot his name there. What Snuggle Bottoms. Snuggle Bottoms. I mean I mean it's just a little rain. Aww. Oh, that was kinda <laughs> close. <laughs> I'm gonna look at the horse and say it's probably best if he heads back to town. Did I, what, I wasn't quite. Did, does he think I need to go back to town? Well, yeah, that's what that's what he told me. Oh, that's kind of what I was picking up. I, I mean, I guess if Mirmanil thinks that's best, I think it's I think it's the safest thing for y'all. And the bear will go with to protect you. Yeah, that that big bear there. He'll he's, he's your protector. Oh, the little bear. He's, are you sure he's gonna make it? Yeah, he seems kind of tired. He'll. <laughs> He'll make it until until the morning. How many days? Oh, uh, shoot. I mean, I bet, I bet, not very long. Maybe. Uh, you want to you want to know how many days? I was I would say less than a day. Hope we're not down this whole two not days. Like you want me down this whole days? I bet I bet we almost beat you back. Huh? So you want to race? Uh, no, don't. No, I want you be nice and slow. I, it'll just be a few days. To, uh, probably three or four. Well, if Mjolnir thinks so, and you think so. I mean, give me a big thumbs up. See? <laughs> that seemed awfully tentative. Also, I don't have thumbs, so I'm not quite sure what that means. But I take from your context that it's a good thing. And Snugglebottoms kind of looks at you, Mjolnir. I'm going to look at him and think. You need to go back to town. Looks at you back and says, well, I guess we're going to give it the old college try. What is college? I, what is that? I don't know. I just okay. heard somebody say that once. Probably a smart person. All right. Well, uh, good luck, Chip. Um, that sounded ominous. Chip, you got this, buddy. Uh, oh yeah. Hey, hey just uh, yeah. you know, you and Bojack are number one priority. If, if you guys gotta get out of there, you gotta do what you gotta do, bud. That seems self-serving, but all right. What was that? No, oh, I. Oh, I hope you guys have a, a, a fun, nice walk home. Or not home, but back to town. We'll see you in a few days. Yep. All right, fellas. You see this challenge laid before us. Are you with me? Yeah, let's go. Well, I suppose so. All right. Fortune favors the bull. Yeah. And the three horses start walking off. Well, you got to tell that goat to protect them. I say we send the goat down the hole. Is <laughs> the goat fit? It's a giant goat. No, not doesn't. even close. Damn. All right, goat, go with it. Bear, <laughs> protect the horses. The bear lumbers off after the horses. He looks at you, Brax, on his way by and says, I blame you. Why are you blaming me? And he keeps walking. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Man, that's just... That and the goat trods off after him. I'm going to turn around and catch up to Grom swiftly. 
Don't get too far ahead, love. Hey, you're so loud in that chainmail. <laughs> clank, 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 clank. Has it been completely quiet down here? Why not see it? How far does this look like it goes that I can see with the light? It goes about a good 40, 50 feet before... Oh, shit. This goes down a ways. All right. I took the stone. I'll stop for a second. That was in my saddlebag off a chip before I sent him. I'm going to spark up a torch. I was having to go pretty slow because I was blind. But I can pick up my pace now for sure. And you kind of got a good distance there while everybody was figuring out what to do with horses. I am doing my doing my best to catch up. Yep, Tyler, you descend down the dark stairway, but you can catch up, no problem, because you have a light source. So you descend in what you hope to be shelter. And after a precarious uh, 50 feet or so, the shifting sands beneath your feet give way to stairs. And you realize that the entire passageway is most likely a large stairwell that has succumbed to the desert's invasive weathering. The sounds of the intense weather subside as you continue downward. The corridor eventually gives way to a large chamber. The room is definitely not natural. The craftsmanship of the stonework is quality. Strange, though, that there doesn't seem to be any obvious exit other than whence you came. Alright, now what do you suppose made this? Closer observation reveals a series of runes carved along the perimeter of the hexagonal room. Can I tell what the runes are by chance? What languages do you speak? Common, Elvish, and Draconic. You do not recognize them. I have Common, Draconic, and Dwarvish. You also do not recognize them. Do they look like the scribbles in my book? No. I, I don't know what made this. Uh, is there another door down here? Hey, Grom. Don't I, you have a potion that'll let you read? No, I don't. I used it. Didn't we get m- more? I don't think we got them yet. I thought she gave you a cup. Well, I was dumb and I didn't write them down if I did. You picked one up from uh, the apothecary before you left Ekano. Oh, I should have wrote that down. I'm a fool. You gotta check your right pocket, not your left pocket. I can see it hanging out. Well, I'll search my pockets real quick and find this thing. But I'm drinking it. I'm gonna read some stuff. You're drinking it now? Yeah. (laughs) The squiggles to read. I'm about to read this out loud, just to show off that I can read a thing. Grab my book out, hold my torch up to the wall. You look at him, and you realize it's kind of circular, but nope, you find a good starting point. As above, and so below, these paths you tread, the darkness you shall know. Earthwoven's trespasses will be avenged. The Aginricon's life will not be... tolerated. Oh, it probably rhymes in the original language it was in. You continue on. The sacrifice you offer reveals intent at last, but to open sought paths, the blood shall let you pass. Blood shall let you pass? Hmm. Well, I'll take the thigh bone knife I'm working on off my little arm wrap, and I'll run that thing down my arm and open up that slice from earlier. Just squeeze some out onto the ground. Just hold it out, let it drip. See if it does anything. What are the rest of you doing in the face of this? I read that out loud to all of you. Okay. Well, since he cut himself before I could, I'm just going to watch. You were going to cut me, love. (laughs) 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 What kind of marriage you guys got? (laughs) No, I was going to cut myself. If he hadn't cut himself, I was going to take a blade across my hand. This is revealing, guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was just watching. This is how quick I can get you to self-mutilate. All right, I know, noted. Well, he's pretty used to it from maintaining his rage. That's pretty normal for him. Hey, Mirmolnir, you got any fresh wounds that you can drip some blood out on the ground? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Reach up and lightly touch the lightly scabbed over stuff and just kind of scratch off the scabs and get a hand of blood and look at Valryl and ask him, what do I do with it? <laughs> well, what Grom did, just throw it on the ground. I'm going to rub my hand in it. What if you rub it on the Wipe wounds? it on the wall where it says that. What he said. I'm going to look at what Grom's doing and I'm going to go, I guess, smear my blood on the wall. I'm just taking two hit points for that. I'd give you one. Fair. Well, this one I made pretty good so we could get some real blood on it. Each rune that is touched with blood flares an arcane glow. Grom, the ones you touch, they flare a red. Mirmolnir, as you smear your blood uh, across the runes, those flare, interestingly enough, uh, more of a purplish hue. Huh. Hmm. A little bit darker than your amethyst scale color. Well, if it's light, not as I do it. I'm going to do more of them. As you... You hit them, they all light up, but then you start to notice after about 15-20 seconds they start to fade back into the carvings that you initially perceived. Why is it different colors? Oh, yours are different colors, eh? I'm gonna go over and rub mine on the same ones he did, see if they come up as the same color for me or for him. The timing is such that the purple is starting to fade and then you hit it with your blood and it flares that red that your others did. Do you think we need to cover certain characters in it? Or maybe we have the wrong kind. Uh, why are you looking at me? We've already tried human blood. It just turns red. Can I make an arcana check to see if I can get any insight on this? Sure. Almost always. Never mind. The DC is 45, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, how far does a six get me? I think it's magic. As above and so below, these paths you tread, the darkness you shall know. Earthwoven's trespasses will be avenged. The Aginricon's life will not be tolerated. The sacrifice you offer reveals intent at last, but to open sought paths, the blood shall let you pass. So, it doesn't sound like it likes the Aginricon. Do you think we need more blood? Sounds like it does... Well, I've only got so much to give. And at that, I'm going to sit down and start reading my book. <clears throat> I'm on limited time here. You guys play with those. Grom's blood was red, but Molly's blood was purple? Yep, dark purple. Valryl, do you think your blood would be gold? Yeah, I think well, we should I'm try Valryl. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to take out my sword and just lightly cut my hand and rub it over where he, where Mjolnir rubbed his and see what happens. As you draw forth your lifeblood, you get a good amount in your hand. You swipe it over the runes that you have seen glow red, purple. I feel like you're anticipating gold, but that's not the color it glows. It glows a dark green. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, does everybody have a different color? Now we gotta find out. <laughs> Will you cut my hand? I don't want to cut myself. 
grab onto the pointy end. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Oh, all right. Actually, everybody who's cut themselves take one hit point unless you're aggressive and then take two. Then I'm going to say that since Brax didn't have control over that and it got a little out of hand, go ahead and take three. Three? All right. I, I used my sword to cut I'm myself. sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to cut you so bad. It's all right. It's all right. I should have, I mean, I shouldn't have grabbed so hard. I don't know what I was thinking. Now go up to the wall and I'll smear it over too. Could you stop squealing? I'm trying to read. The runes that you touch with your life's blood, they turn a luminescent teal. Grom is human? I. Okay. And Brax is also human? As far as we know. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do the same with mine. The runes shine a bright gold. Hey, that's my color. What are you doing? What? <laughs> well, so I'm seeing... It's not even the same for the same race. Do we need to all give some at the same time? Didn't it say something about sacrifice? I feel like this is enough of a sacrifice. <laughs> I don't want to do more. You said we should mix them together. If hers is still glowing, I'll go smear my hand on hers. You know, the timing is such that, you know, it's, it's a little late. Yeah, it's a little late. It's starting to fade. And nope, they light up the same teal as the, on the other ones. Yep. Where's Grom's empty potion bottle? On the ground. It's on the ground. I'm a litterer. Before his can fade, I'm going to jump up and rub mine on his too. There's almost a, a bluish, yellowish hue. But as you see, eventually the teal fades and gives way to gold. Because the gold was last, so more fresh. That makes sense. Where are the runes at on these walls? Uh, around the top, like you see the trim up here. All the way around? Yep. Is there anything else on the walls, or are they just barren stone walls? They're, they're man-made. I feel like there's something to unlock here that has to do with where we are going. Can I just take a look around the room, see if maybe I see something that might seem out of place? Investigation? Or... I wish it was athletics. I will skip around the room. Uh, 21. Very nice. Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing really out of place. Hey, Grom, did that say something about sacrifice? Hey, hold on. I'm... This is a really interesting part. Where's the rat? Where's the rat? Miramonir, you had the rat, didn't you? If I heard that, I'm tucking the rat. <laughs> Do I see it? Into my lap under the book and laying my axe down on top of it. <laughs> But wasn't it Miramilnir that cast the rat? Brax, you hear... Well, I say, what, 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 where are we going? I'm like, uh, under, uh, oh, we're hiding. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're going to want to hide down there. Hey, Brax, you still talking to those animals? Yeah, sometimes I just talk to myself. I feel like I don't know what I... Yeah. You still talking You still talking to the rat? Because I've seen you talking to the horses. Um, yeah, I think I, I wasn't talking to him necessarily, but I did hear him. Um, he's in here. He's in here. Where, where's he at? I think he's hiding underground. I'll walk over to Grom. Don't interrupt my reading. I don't think the rat would work anyways. Remember, those things don't bleed. They just disappear. They just poof. That's true. Well, we haven't really killed one to see, have we? Well, that ti- that tiger got just ripped apart by that uh, one yeah, tentacle tree. Uh, that's right. That's right. Now I remember. We've lost several tigers. <laughs> lion or <laughs> lions. <laughs> All right, never mind. Do you think maybe we need to light up all the runes at once? Or maybe just try the wall, not the runes. Well, I feel like we've uh, done all we could down here. We should probably press on. Should we just let Grom sit and read his book for now? He ain't bothering me while I'm reading my book. 
book probably get torn up out in the, the storm out there. Did you try just the wall? Just putting what? Some blood on the wall? Aye. As you look over, Mirmalnir has spilled his blood on the wall. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. I mean, there's. I mean, <laughs> it's almost like we sacrificed someone down here. I don't know what more these walls could want. I mean, we're gonna cut to Grom here for a minute. Grom, you quickly find the place where you left off. You recall that Uthri had inquired of Trask the nature of the magic he had used to liberate her from her red dragon assailants. Initially, there is quite a bit of conversation addressing the morality of striking out against dragonkind, even in the interest of self-defense or preservation. Trask, a slave of an as-yet-unnamed silver dragon, presents strong argumentation for the inerrant signs of self-preservation as well as overall betterment. While Uthri initially offers a defense steeped in the mentality of one who has only known generations of slave status. Eventually, she concedes that she will need to think on some things, and their talk turns to more arcane subject matter. Trask's attitude becomes more passionate as he tells Uthri about an otherworldly entity that, unlike their material plane masters, impart power to those that pledge servitude to him. He then explains that the ultimate goal would be for this entity to travel to the material plane and remake it for the good of it and its followers. But... Unfortunately, there is some sort of planar rift preventing it from doing so, and it is that reason he bestows such gifts upon his followers, in order that they have the resources as well as the impetus to take steps to close the rift and usher forth a new world. Uthri is skeptical at first and ridicules Trask for his zealotry in the face of his unwillingness to even name this esoteric otherworldly being that is going to empower her and eventually fix the world. They argue on, and after much explanation of how it can be dangerous to use the entity's name proper, Trask finally concedes and tells Uthri its name. Yuck, Fildust. Upon hearing the name, the narration goes on to describe how Uthri experienced a sudden urgency to know this Yuck, Fildust and everything that could be gained from a relationship with this incredibly powerful, generous benevolence. Trask is overjoyed at her reaction, and eagerly explains the steps to the initial ritual required to commune with this mysterious being. Uthri is skeptical, but humors Trask. She performs the ritual outlined by her new mentor, and is ultimately seemingly anticlimactic. Her day-to-day life continues on, and after she's written Trask off as an irrational zealot, albeit a worthy companion, they are approached once more by three of the four Reds, who are members of the original assault party. The attackers come at Uthri and Trask, this time with the intention of fatal damage. Trask is quickly subdued, and in a moment of desperation, Uthri makes a show of power the likes of which Trask has never witnessed. Her defensive efforts summarily kill the three, and there is a good portion of the narrative that describes the efforts the two take to attempt to hide the bodies. Once the panic of the situation subsides, Trask continues to instruct Uthri, revealing that there exists a set of elusive books that outline the various methodologies necessary to interact with this being as well as elements surrounding it. In her curiosity, Uthri inquires about potential copies of the aforementioned anthology, and Trask communicates that these anecdotes, instructions, stories, are only made actual when coupled with the eldritch power contained within the original tomes. Sweet. Ah, damn it. The squiggles again. Well, geez, that one didn't seem like it lasted nearly as long as the first one. I spent too long looking at these damned runes. Did you guys get anything figured out? Oh, uh, we found out that Tylor's blood is made of gold. 
I've seen it enough times to know that's not true. So what he means is each of us who puts their blood on it has a different color that lights the room. Did you all touch the same spot at the same time? No. Not all of us. Do you think it would matter? I mean, you're the one who can read them. Or could read them. Well, I can't read them now. They're just squiggles. I read it loud to all of you. You should have read that book out loud, too. I couldn't. It was too intense. Everybody roll a perception, please. Grom, this is a listen, not a sight. 22. 18. 16. 7. 9. Everybody except Mirmelnir and Brax. You hear a loud scratching and skittering from the corridor. Arm yourselves. No doubt something's seeking to shelter from the intense storm raging on the surface. As some of the party is alerted to the introduction of a potential threat, Tylalor draws her sword in anticipation. What, what are you doing? Why? Something's coming down the stairs. And upon Grom's declaration, Valril moves to the side of the hexagonal room, seeking a potential sneak attack on whatever creature is imminent. Grom steps to the doorway, intending to face whatever it is head-on, while Tylalor steps to the opposite side of the room, flanking the barbarian. Brax steps back to the far wall, hoping to utilize his ranged talents, and Mirmelnir takes position just behind Valril as the gold dragonborn draws his rapier. Encroaching footsteps close distance, and two quadrupedal creatures with leathery skin and spines down their backs charge into the doorway. Their glowing red eyes quickly take measure of the situation, and one of them inhales, inflating a bullfrog-like sack around its throat. Several rows of vicious teeth can be seen lining its open mouth just before it lets out a deafening howl that penetrates sharply into the mind as well as the ears. Tylor and Mirmelnir are unfazed by the unnatural shriek, but Grom, Brax, and Valril find themselves stricken with an unearthly fear inflicted by the hideous creature's deafening howl. Brax's startled reaction causes him to drop his bow, but he regains himself enough to draw on his divine magic, casting a sacred flame which engulfs the fiend in a radiant light. With a flinch and a hiss, it is obvious the thing is hurt by the limit's attack. At the same time, Grom also stumbles, dropping his torch. The shame of his reaction overcomes him, and he howls in rage, causing his jaw to elongate, fangs and claws emerging in anticipation of feral combat. Unaffected by the fear-inducing howl, Mirmelnir steps quickly to the doorway and unleashes his breath weapon, hoping to catch both of the grotesque assailants in the violent cone of force. Unfortunately, the attackers see the massive amethyst dragonborn approach and are able to sidestep the full brunt of the damage. Frustrated at the meager blow, the monk takes one more step and with a mighty punch manages to land a solid body blow on the lead howler. Valril, also stricken by fear, inadvertently steps back and takes an extra moment to gather his wits and assesses the situation, seeking to find the best way to ply his skulldugger's talents. Tylalor earnestly steps up next to Mirmelnir and drawing on an innate magical ability casts True Strike, enabling her to better deduce the fiend's vulnerable points, and subsequently lands a critical strike. The gravely injured monster responds to the massive strike by charging into the doorway and singing its plethora of razor-sharp teeth into Tylalor's leg. Youch! She's been bitten before, but after these teeth lacerate her thigh, she feels an out-of-the-ordinary burning sensation begin to radiate from the wound. The other howler tries to attack Mirmelnir, but can't get past the thrashing melee of its companion blocking the doorway. Recognizing the unnatural source of his fear, Brax musters his resolve, but unfortunately can't quite overcome the debilitating aspect of the emotion. I got 13. He does, however, look for another opportunity to help, as he cowers down slightly and manages another sacred flame. Although this time, perhaps the result of his hesitancy, the radiant light that bathes the abominable creature seems mildly less harmful than the last. Grom, his rage having mitigated any semblance of his previous terror, takes a moment to discern the best route to enter the fray, either over or under. He chooses under and dives through Mirmelnir's wide fighting stance, 
He deftly rolls to his feet and viciously swings Primal Sorrow into the front creature with a backhanded strike. As his momentum turns him, he sees the abomination begin to inflate its massive vocal sound, no doubt preparing another deafening howl. Gromax quickly insinks a savage bite firmly into the fleshy balloon, summarily deflating it. He's rewarded with a mouthful of bile mixed with an acrid gas. Into my mouth. That's really gross. Mirwilnir, wasting no time, steps once more to the fiend that has just bitten Tylalor. Taking advantage of his forward movement, he unleashes an absolute torrent of fist strikes, each one with the full weight of the massive monk behind it, despite the blunt speed of each strike. Only when the beast has been reduced to a bloody pulp does he seize his onslaught, finding himself having driven the monster up to the third stair. Way to go, Mirwilnir. Guys, I found more blood. Don't let the other one get away. Push it into the room. Valril, once more failing to steel himself against the abnormal dread, moves across the room laterally, hoping to find an opportunity to attack the last howler from a safe vantage point. Not finding such an opportunity, he opts to bide his time once more. Talalor steps into the hallway to address the remaining beast, but must temper her strike in order to avoid hitting Grom. Fall back, love. Let it into the room. Eh. Or throw it into the room. Well, we'll handle the bodies when they're dead, my love. Her second strike is true, however, and blood is spilt. At the provocation, the Howler skitters back from Tylalor's strike as it inhales deeply and manages to unleash another mind-piercing screech. At this auditory assault, Brax and Tylalor succumb to the panic-inducing influence while the other three are too caught up in the moment to be affected. The creature senses the demeanor shift in Tylalor and lunges for her throat. But before those iron jaws can lock down, Grom quickly shoulders Tylalor out of the way, having anticipated the pounce, and shoves Primal Sorrow into the slobbering maw, halting the thing's momentum and successfully foiling its attack. Brax, still in the throes of fear, summons a fog cloud, which sufficiently obscures everything in sight. Well, I guess I'm gonna take a nap now. Grom, his rage still fervent, comes at the fiend low, and with a mighty upswing of his axe, connects solidly under the thing's jaw, dislocating joints and sending teeth flying. And seeking to follow up with a knee to the throat, he slips. But not one. I slipped under it. I'm on my back right underneath it. And my weapon has flown out of my hand against the wall. Too much damn blood dripping out of my arm. Mirmolnir, not deterred by the fog in the least, capitalizes on his close proximity to the beast. He turns with a force and speed similar to his previous flurry of blows. He efficiently and effectively reduces this one to a fleshy mass of blood, bones, and tissue, thereby ending the party's immediate threat. He mad. He not letting anything hurt anybody he cares about anymore. As soon as I see uh, that it's dead and thinking about the blood in the room, I want to pick it up. Want to smear it across the All room. All the way around. You read my mind. You grab that thing and you run into the room and you take about two steps in and there's this fog in there that is awfully confusing to you. Are they, are they still out there? Are they, are they gone? They're dead. They're dead? So, and I'll drop it, so I'll drop it. As soon as I can see again, I'm looking for the start of the runes and I'm just... Yeah, you slap that thing up there and drag it across. I'm going to get up and go pick up my weapon. And I'm sprinting to get it as fast as I can. Every so. rune you hit and every little piece of blood that you smear over those runes... They glow a fiery orange. Not the red of Grom. Not the gold of Tylalor. But a fiery, bright orange. And roll me in athletics. Oh boy. That's a 13. As it fades after 20 seconds. Well, really, you're a big fella. Start on the other side and run it around and meet him in the middle. I grabbed that other one. 
I'm going to walk up and grab the other one and start on the other end. I mean, I got to do something. I just sat back in this corner frightened the whole time. Sanding down the faces of these beasts against the wall. I'm going to say that in spite of your efforts, those runes just glow that orange. If you throw those beasts' blood up there, they're going to glow orange, and then they're going to fade after 20 seconds. At this point, I'm kind of getting frustrated, and I'm just going to chuck one of them against the wall. Has anybody seen one of these things before? Do you know what it's called? Well, anymore, you can't hardly make out what it used to look like. Yeah, I barely, I'm honestly, I barely saw it at all, and then now it's just, that's just like nothing. I don't know. Hamburger. I'm going to go over and pull out a couple of the monster's teeth, and then I'd like to use my axe and split open all the bones I can see, break them all open. So, there's a lot of carnage happening here. Brax, Valrel, how do you feel about this? This is a level of brutality that you've not witnessed yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of speechless, to be honest. I'm just uh, trying to stay out of the way of what is all going on and and not... Yeah, I'm just... As I notice you, like, pressing yourself backwards up against the wall. I mean, oh, it's nothing sick like that. You've got to release the power of the beasts to re-enter the world. Every monster carries with it a spiritual essence. It must rejoin the world. Break open, snap another bone as I'm doing that. Yeah, I get, I get that. How, is it your jaw snapping back into place yet, oh, yeah. or how is that? Like that happened that? immediately. The fact that I've been just smearing blood across the walls, both my own and this beast, and then splattered it against the wall. Yeah, this is. I suppose at that I'll start making my way up the stairs. Where are you going? Well, there's nowhere to go down here. I want to go find Medlock. Plus, I gotta make sure our horses didn't get struck by lightning out there. Well, the horses have been sent away. You sent the horses away? Well, yeah, we thought it would be best. I thought, honestly, I thought this was gonna be his spot. So I thought we just sent him back to town because they couldn't fit down here. And I, I thought it was gonna be a couple days. I feel like we're missing something here. But yeah, we sent the horses back to town. Can we just break down one of these walls? What if we just, like, run into it real hard? I'll wait outside for that. I'm going with you. <laughs> I'm just going upstairs. I've broken many smell. a brick in my day. Well? Uh, you've got another idea to try. No, it said something about the earth woven. This has to be something linked to that mountain that we're going to, to find, Medlack. I just feel like I'm missing something in the clues from the runes. Well, I don't remember what it said. I was saying it out loud, hoping that you guys would. I mean, we, we know where this is at, so we can just go find Medlack and then revisit this place. I feel like revisiting this after finding him is a bit redundant, as I think this is supposed to lead us to him. But hey, you guys want to go back out in the storm? I was not opposed to that to begin with. I suppose we could camp here and see if something happens. We're just going to mark the magic door on our map in the, in the storm? I mean, this is like a... How are we going to find this thing again? It might be to be, from what it said, that the blood may need to be a Gendracon. And if that's the case... We don't have one of those. None of us could satisfy that. And I wouldn't kill the ones I've met. Not that I could. Sifian, I'm sure of it. And that one minx, her child. And I wouldn't kill either of them. However, in this book I've been reading, I'm sure it's talking about how the Gendracon have made packs with Yogthildas. That name we're not supposed to say. 
And I look around at all the walls when I say it in this room. See if anything lights up. You don't notice anything out of the ordinary. But other than that, I don't have any ideas for this room. But it does seem like a fine idea to shelter from the storm if you're curious and waiting. But it doesn't seem like we're the only things that like to shelter from the storm in here. I'm gonna go up. Is the door open? Yeah, you left it open. That's how the beasts got in to begin with. There's quite a bit of sand built up. Are we trying to camp out down there? I would kind of yell down. And we probably shouldn't have smeared blood all over the place if we were going to. To be honest, I'd rather sleep outside. <laughs> it's still, it does stink down there. And we got monster paste all over the walls. I don't think I'd sleep well in there. I imagine you'd sleep just fine, to be honest. I would like to go to all the walls and just start lightly punching them to see if I can hear, like, a hollowness behind any of them. Let's do a, a strength-based investigation. 22. Very good. That's going to be putting my side of my head up to it and just pounding on different spots on each of the walls trying to determine if I can hear hollowness. There's one brief moment. The segment that is immediately east of the southern segment, there's a little bit of a... I'll stop going upstairs once I heard you start smacking on the wall. I'll give you a chance to figure your thing out. Sounds like it's... It's small. It's not like a passageway. You know, it's not like a... It's like there's like a small empty space behind the wall. There's something different about this wall. It's... It's like there's a very slim passageway through here. But I don't know if I should try and friggin' knock it down. Is there anything different about the stone there? No, all the bricks seem to be... It might not even be anything. It might just be the earth settling around this place and creating a small crevice. Well, if you guys want to go back the hard way, I was not opposed to that to begin with. Well, I can't say I know much about magic, love. But I'm open to ideas. Honestly, Molly running the beast around the runes was kind of my idea, too, so... Just for the record, it is late afternoon. I'm assuming there's blood dripping down this wall. I want to pay attention to how the blood is dripping down that particular section of wall. Is it, like, seeping into the floor, or is there any... anything like that? It's running over solid surfaces. Should I try hitting it, see if it does anything? I'm sure it'll do something. It'll break your damned hand. You remember back at Ezekiel's, I broke the floor before the floor broke my hand. Well, give it a whirl, old fella. Break her down. I'm hauling back and I'm swinging, kind of to the general area of where I remember the difference in sound. 25. I'm not going to take a two hit, I'm just going to apply that to how hard you hit. And I know what y'all are doing, but you hear a... And you look, and Murray has sunk his hand into this stone and sandstone is kind of soft but no that dug in and roll me a 1d4 please oh it's gonna be how many fingers i broke isn't it (laughs) not quite that bad but you're on the right track i've got two broken fingers two hit points that constitutes a phalange fracture but you laid into that stone what did you learn did you get it it moved in it it what it's not solid behind it. I'm going to pull my hand out and try to inspect it closer, see if I can 
the comment of it's not solid, that was more of a denial comment. I'm just saying that the stone gave way because of how hard you hit it. And it's sandstone, so it's exploded out. And so, yeah, you you, you made some headway, but it, it hurt. All right, so back to the storm we go. Do you have any ideas there, Val? Not really. I mean, he can punch us all day long and get more broken fingers. We can, I think we just head towards the mountain like we originally planned and try to find Medlac. We ain't getting nowhere here. Fair. Any ideas, Brax? I'm sorry. What are you, you talking to me? It's stinky down there. Are you guys coming up here or what? On my way. I'll start making my way up the stairs. You making my way? <laughs> sorry. I, I mean, I have to roll a willpower save every time. You, you passed it this time. I, I did. It, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What'd you, what'd you guys find out down there? Is it. I heard a big pop. Did something. What happened? That was just Molly hitting the wall. Why'd you hit the wall for? wanted to kill it. Did you kill it? But it didn't hit him back, so I'd say he won. As I'm just going through and cracking my fingers and trying to reset a dislocated finger. Are we, we're going to try to push out for a few more hours out there, huh? Yeah, I mean, we're not making any progress in the room below. Yeah, I agree. You, re- you ready? I'm ready. Then I'm, I'll push out to the into the storm. You guys are pushing out into the storm. Yeah. You gave us a lovely room to try and solve, and we are deciding not to solve it. <laughs> I will not mix my blood with somebody else's again. Also, it's about five in the afternoon. A few more hours of daylight. What time does it get dark? I'm thinking about eight. Probably the whole thing's dark. We're in the middle of a storm. Can we tell how much further the storm looks like it's going? You're in the middle of it. Well, if we hurry. I mean, if we just find maybe a cave or... Another one of these rooms, that'd be, like I said, it was just, there's a lot of blood down there. Why'd you guys do it like that? It could be a little calmer, maybe. Have you met us? It seemed like a good idea to open that door. Oh, I think that that little room was pretty cool, but it's just how close. Close. This is an intense storm. Is there any sign of anywhere else that's, like, somewhat sheltery? Just as a light sense of habit as we step up to the doorway, I kind of want to take a break and look out into the storm for any blank spots in the rain. Roll perception. Nine. Yeah, your boundary's not that big. Okay, let's hustle. Where to? Towards the mountain. I'm following you then. I take off. I'm taking off, but I am trying to keep my head lower than Valrail. Thanks, Mirmanir. Ducking down, trying to be the... The electricity is strong with the storm. There are lightning strikes all around. Put my hand axe back on my back. Relax into the rain. Let it feel it wash me clean. We are all probably soaked in blood. Eh, wouldn't be the first time. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. A Peace in the Chaos production. Bedlam Social Hour is Peyton Palmer as Mirmolnir, Mark McGrath as Brax Rome, Carrie Dennis as Tidalore, Matt Wagner as Valryl Tezaxen, Percy Steele as Grom the Toothy, and myself as everyone else. Please check out our link tree in the show notes for our social media connections, and please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you once again for listening, and as always, work hard and be kind.
I ate a worm that my friend stomped on in fifth grade. <laughs>